Hello and welcome to Radio 43. This is a new weekly podcast series from Hope Not Hate. Each week on this show, we'll be releasing a rapid anti-fascist intelligence report coming straight from us to you in 15 minutes or less. This is a podcast designed for anti-fascists and journalists and really anyone interested in the day-to-day activities of the far right. This podcast takes its name from the 43 Group, an inspiring set of post-war anti-fascists who fought off the threat of the far right and whose memory lives large in the collective consciousness of those combating the far right today. My name's Roxana Khan-Williams. My name's Nick Spooner. And each week, either myself or Roxy will be sitting down with Joe Mulhall, Hope Not Hate's senior researcher, to pick out some key moments and developments from the previous week. Welcome to Radio 43. episode six of radio 43 your weekly anti-fascist bulletin from hope not hate i'm here as always with joe and roxy um joe and roxy i've spent the last five days locked in my house thanks to the test and trace app so i hope you two have had a, a, a better few days than me how are, how are you both doing yes yeah, that's, actually, that's actually made me feel a little bit better i've been grumpy all day but that's made that's cheered me up <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, certainly been having a better time than you, Nick. So, uh, yeah, feeling pretty good about myself, to be honest. Wow, that's great. Thanks so much for the solidarity. <laughs> the camaraderie camaraderie yeah. is real at Radio 43. It we love it. It means a lot to me. Um, so, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. Please do subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you like and, and, and share all the episodes. Please do email in as well, or you can tweet us, um, and uh, we'll pick it up uh, and hopefully you know, be some good good stuff we can feature on the show. On the show this week, we are talking about uh, in- intelligence from the election trail. We've got two more Nazi trials to talk about. We've got two pathetic demonstrations at Wembley Stadium to talk about. There's been five fash hit with a, an injunction down in Dover. And we've got some happy, hopey business up in uh, up in Batley. So uh, Rock's going to be telling us all about, about that a bit later on. But let's dive straight in because we've got a lot to cover. Uh, Batley and Spen, um, each week between now and polling day, which is July 1st, we're going to be giving you a summary of what the uh, what the far-right candidates have been up to on the campaign trail. Uh, let's start with Anne-Marie Waters. She's not been out yet, Joe, has she really? But that's not stopped her from, from causing some trouble online. Uh, what's she been up to? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, currently all of the campaigns from the kind of far-right candidates have been a bit slow off the ground in, in terms of being actually on the ground. But, um, you know, I mean, very, very much as you'd expect from Anne-Marie so far. I mean, um, she's come out with quite a lot of aggressively Islamophobic content already. Um, she's been talking in terms of things like indigenous populations. And she released this video called The Islamization of Batley. So making it pretty clear what she's going to be campaigning around. And another article called The Islamic Republic of Yorkshire, which I'm not even sure makes sense. But um, so, yeah, she's, she's been kind of pushing uh, around that issue. And, and actually, interestingly, I mean, she even wrote an article for Pam Geller's website. Pam Geller, for those who don't know, is like an old stalwart of the, the so-called counter-jihad movement, the kind of international anti-Muslim movement that Pam Geller and Robert Spence were the big figureheads of for a number of years. These two Americans that were actually banned from the UK um, after Hope, uh, Hope Not Hate campaign some years ago. And she's written an article for them. Uh, she was on Hearts of Oak last night, uh, the kind of uh, right-wing YouTube channel, where, again, she talked about her campaign a little bit. So it's, it's as we kind of expected, right? She's going big on the Islam, big on the Muslim issue. 
Um, Tommy Robinson or Stephen Yatsi Lennon, who, who's thrown his lot in with her and said he's going to help her out a little bit. He's been actually a bit quieter than I think some of us expected he might be so far. He's been reposting a lot of her propaganda and, and content so far, but not much else. So, yeah, it's as we'd expected. I think it looks like they're building up to this kind of big day of action in a couple of weeks. Um, so they're going to obviously get on the ground then and they're certainly going to have leaflets and that sort of stuff. But at the moment, it's uh, Anne-Marie Waters is, is very much just concentrating on making videos, writing articles and kind of putting content on social media. They've been trying to pull a fast one with some of their literature as well, haven't they? Um... <laughs> yeah, they've, they've adopted the slogan, hope not hate, which is incredibly flattering and possibly illegal. But <laughs> um, Quite potentially, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, so far they've put it on Facebook a few times and the odd Telegram stuff. We'll have to see if obviously if it goes out in leaflet form. The, there is a draft leaflet doing the rounds, which has um, uh, which does have hope not hate on it. So we'll have to watch kind of closely. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think I mean I think it's one of those jokes that isn't particularly funny. I think they thought this will annoy us, but in reality, of course. Um, uh, we're not particularly worried that there's going to be much confusion on the ground. So uh, it's, uh, no, exactly. considering the leaflets that we'll be putting out are somewhat different to theirs. So, yeah, I mean, it's a nice try and it's, you know, uh, it's added a bit of amusement to the campaign so far, but as yet, like uh, they haven't actually achieved anything yet. We'll have to watch in the next couple of weeks and see how much ground activity they can actually muster. And who knows, potentially it might even backfire horribly for them. So we'll, we'll uh, keep an eye <laughs> yeah, that on that there are, there, are, there are ongoing conversations about how <laughs> it might back, backfire for them. So let's watch and see. Um, talking of doing nothing, uh, Jada Franson, she's <laughs> not been out either yet. Um, it's almost as if none of these people really care about the area at all, isn't it, Joe? What, what have they been up to? What's she, what's she been up to, Jada Franson? Yeah, so so Jada Franson and, uh, has been kind of campaigning around. There was this, there's this kind of issue that's very live at the moment in, in Batley and Spen, uh, the kind of the murder of Bradley Glenhill, uh, Gledhill, sorry. Uh, there was two weeks ago, six men were convicted of, a sta- of the stabbing in, in this area called Heckmondwick in Batley and Spen. And... Um, Jade has been trying to make a big deal about this. It looks like um, I'm not actually particularly okay with the case itself, uh, kind of the ins and outs of it, but it looks like, I mean, Jade is making a big deal about the, the murderers being Muslim. Uh, and again, so again, as we expected, right, she's, they're, they're turning up in this community and they're attempting to take really difficult and, and problem, you know, issues, campaign around them and try and whip up tensions and try and kind of whip up anti-Muslim prejudice. So that's what we're seeing from Jada as well. She's also released some absolutely fabulous leaflets where she's stood there with these huge crosses. Unbelievable, they're gen- <laughs> yeah. They're, they're genuinely comical. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm really hoping that some of those go out because that will lose her a few votes. Proper big Christian fundamentalist energy on those. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's the kind of the, the Messiah complex bit that I'm getting from it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to see. But yeah, so she's not done much. And then the other one is, I mean, the Heritage Party, which we mentioned on last week, are kind of uh, out and about. Um, their campaign has also got off to an impressively slow start. Um, their GoFundMe <laughs> has currently raised £277. Nice. Um, so, wow. whether, I mean, whether or not that, that'll even be enough for them to get some leaflets and that sort of stuff out. So we'll have to kind of see there. So as yet, across the board, um, you know, the content has been ugly. I mean, I kind of, we joke about it. I don't want to make too light of it because the content is ugly and it's going to be really divisive. And I think we're going to see a really ugly couple of weeks coming up. But as yet, the campaigns have been a bit slow to actually hit the ground in Batley and Spen. And that's obviously no great surprise, right? Because none of the people involved have any roots in that community, mm. um, have spent any time there previously. They really are parachuting in. So it's no great surprise that it's going to take them a while before they can get any leaflets through doors. Uh, I suppose the other one we've got to talk about is Jack Thompson, UKIP. I mean, presumably... 
same similar sort of story. And, and I was going to ask you, really, do you think that UKIP have even got the the infrastructure at the moment to run a ground campaign of any kind of considerable force? Probably not, right? No, I mean, generally speaking, I mean, UKIP are in crisis. They're, they've been collapsing for a long time. And so, I mean, the difference is, of course, is that UKIP not long ago was a proper party. And so, um, you know, the, it's always difficult to know how many of the remnants of that party and the, and the people that are still hanging around might actually come out for them. You know, they still have that brand recognition. But yeah, as you say, I mean, even with Jack Thompson's campaign, I mean, he's going on the, uh, John Lawrence's podcast to talk about Batley Grammar School. So again, giving us a good indication of what he's going to be campaigning around it's going to be about Batley Grammar School it's going to be about Muslims and Islam so um, I don't think we're kind of in both especially when it comes to UKIP and the Heritage Party we're not expecting them to do a huge amount on the ground but you know we'll have to see. Right that's that's great uh, and you know these reports from from the, the campaign trail Joe that really really important for our listeners to, um, to, 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 to hear I think the like you say the content really extreme but it's just good to know who, like who's doing what um, and given there's only a couple of weeks left, I mean, you think some of this stuff, they, they, they are going to ramp up their activity on the ground. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, Absolutely. I think we're going to see, um, I think we're going to see some pretty ugly content being produced by them and, and put through people's doors. And I think, um, uh, especially around that, that for Britain day of action, uh, kind of later in the month, I think that could be a real flashpoint, especially if we see Stephen Yaxley Lennon throw his weight behind it, uh, kind of as he seems to be doing. We'll have to see if it starts to build up in terms of the number of people that are going to turn up in the community. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's move on to the next the next story. We've got two uh, two Nazi neo Nazi trials. Um, this series Radio Forty Three. It's not very old. This is episode six. As I say we spent a lot of time already talking about uh, Nazis on trial. We've got two more to talk about this episode. The first, I th- he's quite a big scalp, I think. In the end, Andrew Dimmock, twenty four from Bath. He established the System Resistance Resistance Network and the Sonnenkrieg Division. Our head of research, Matthew Collins, said he's both dangerous and devious and responsible for some of the most vile and violent Nazi propaganda we've ever seen. Uh, I've been reading through a whole bunch of stuff uh, about this trial. There's so much to dig into in this case. Could you just give us a little overview, Joe, of, of what's happened and uh, you know what, what went down in court? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'd, I'd agree. There's so much in this that um, it's almost worth like a, a special podcast digging into it because there's so much to explore. But I mean, if you just look at the offences he's been convicted of, it gives you a bit of an idea of how dangerous this guy was and how much he was doing. I mean, he's been convicted of 15 different offences and just running through them briefly. There was five counts of encouraging terrorism, four of disseminating terrorist publications, two of terrorist fundraising, one of possessing material useful to a terrorist. Um, <laughs> I'm always not quite sure what that is. Um, one of possessing racially inflammatory material, one of stirring up racial hatred, one of stirring up hatred on the grounds of sexual orientation. So the whole gamut of horrible stuff he'd been involved in. I mean, the trial itself actually was almost comical. If it wasn't so extreme, what he's been doing. I mean, the Dimmock's defence was that he was being forced into this by essentially children or teenagers. The whole thing's a conspiracy. All sorts of people were hacking computers and putting information onto his hard drive. And, you know, all of the most ludicrous and far-fetched explanations for the fact that essentially this guy for a number of years had been heavily involved in, in illegal activity and has been rumbled for it. Um, you know, he even kind of turned up with uh, the kind of gay pride badge on his on his jacket and saying, you know, I can't be done for stirring up hate from the grounds of uh, sexual orientation because I'm bisexual. So he tried everything. I mean, I have no idea about the guy's sexuality, but he tried everything through that campaign, um, uh, sorry, that that trial to try and get off. And uh, at times it was bordering on the ludicrous and comical, but but obviously none of it worked. 
as yet, we, we don't know how long he's going down for. He's due to be sentenced on the 24th of June. So um, we'll kind of, once we've got that, we'll come back. But yeah, the trial is it's an interesting one. And it's, it's also interesting in that, you know, you mentioned Systems Resistance Network and Sonicreek Division, kind of all of these post-national action organizations, both of those groups have now been banned, of course. But it just is another example of how one national action splintered and was banned and dissipated. All of these other little groups sprung up with different names, etc., but often with these similar sorts of characters or the same characters in some case, engaging in this kind of very extreme and dangerous behavior. Yeah, one of those excuses that he that he came up with was that he was the victim of a of a I think it was a honey trap through the through Warhammer communities or something like that. Um that's one of the things that came out in a in a tweet, I think, from Daniel De Simone. So yeah, yeah. He's, I, on, on Daniel Dismone's Twitter, if you're interested in the case, he, he's kind of he's written some articles on it in the last few days. But do go through his Twitter. He was actually live tweeting from the court a lot of days, and um, there's a lot of interesting information in there, but also some genuinely mad stuff as well. <laughs> yeah, and there's some uh, there is some quite extreme, uh, very extreme stuff in there, I think as well. Um, yeah, so absolutely. you know, do do be advi uh, advised about that if you are. Um, if you are going to look that up, let's move on to the other uh, neo-Nazi on trial, Dean Morris. Um, two in a week. This guy, he's a former UKIP member, been jailed for eighteen months. Uh, sorry, eighteen years uh, for ten yeah. counts relating to terrorism and explosives. Um, Joe, you can say what you like about UKIP, but this is a serious escalation from someone who used to be in the party. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what's happened with this guy? Yeah, I mean, this is a really extreme case. So, yeah, it's Dean Morris, he's 34, he's from Poulton, which I think is near Bristol. Um, he was a former UKIP member, so I, I wanna, yeah, we'll kind of make clear that we're not saying that UKIP were doing this. But, I mean, it's an interesting case in that, again, it shows that a, a number of people that end up in the most extreme elements of the British far right, they don't just turn up there. Kind of, they have these trajectories of radicalization, often going through less radical elements of the far right. Uh, where these things become normalized and these ideas and these prejudices become kind of adopted and then they move along uh, kind of until they become increasingly extreme. Not all of them do. Some people get involved really early and, and come out the other end. But he's a case there of where he clearly started in UKIP and then radicalized further right. I mean, in this case, it was really extreme. He, they, when the police raided his house, he had ball bearings, pipes, he had instructions for, a, for an explosive device, an IED. Um, when they raided his police and, and the judge was talking about really, you know, how glad they, he was that the police got in there when they did, because um, this looked like an incredibly serious case. And again, a really worrying reminder of, you know, we talk about the far right and for all of the people, uh, media often saying, well, certainly the right wing media saying, oh, this is just a made up threat. Everyone's always talking about racism in the far right when it's not important. You know, here's another case, uh, another case in the last year where someone has, was genuinely planning to kill people. Um, he's been jailed for 18 years, um, or that's the custodial element of his sentence. I think it was actually a bit longer, maybe 24. So he's going to be going down for a very, very long time for this. But yeah, it's worrying. I mean, every time it's in one sense, it's kind of good news, of course, that, that another one's been taken down. But every time is a, a really worrying reminder about how many of these people are out there at the moment that are trying to do serious, genuine, serious damage, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've lost count of how many we've talked about now. I've got oh, a spreadsheet somewhere. But I will, <laughs> yeah. in, in next year's State of Hate, uh, we, we, in fact, in last year's one, we had a big list. So in, in next year, so we always release a list of, of kind of all of them. So if you are losing count, um, we will at some point put one out. Really, really grim stuff, isn't it? It's horrible. Um, so quickly, um, just like looking over to Dover, uh, at least five of these uh, self-proclaimed citizen journalists have been 
slam dunked with an injunction, um, including Steve Laws, who was in court yesterday, I believe. Um, Joe, I was just wondering if you could tell us who's wrapped up in this and what could this mean for the movement? Yeah, so it's, it's yeah, I mean, this is kind of came out of the blue and it's, it's good news. I mean, uh, on the 12th or a few days ago, um, they started serving injunctions down at the dock front to these so-called citizen journalists that we've been talking about on this podcast. And we've written lots of articles about people like Steve Laws and, and five of them have been off, uh, given an injunction. Steve Laws is one of them and, the, and there's three other named people. And then one of them is just like a person unknown. So I'm not quite, I'm still not sure who that is. Um, we're kind of waiting for the, the outcomes of some court cases that were supposed to kind of happened yesterday and, and some information is only trickling out as we're recording this so I don't have kind of a huge amount to add but I think the idea is that, that, that um, clearly the police or, or the council and or you know people have made a decision that these people are causing real damage down on the dock front and they're trying to stop them and they're trying to find legal ways to stop them which is kind of long overdue but not very welcome I mean of course it's not going to obviously stop the issue I mean Voice of Wales the guys we've talked about again they, they were down in Dover today so, you know, if these five are uh, stopped from being there, I mean, Steve Laws has already said he'll just sit up on the, on the cliffs with a long lens and he'll do it from there. So it's not going to end this issue. I mean, and, you know, we, we are seeing lot, uh, kind of relatively large numbers of people coming across the channel in the, in the recent weeks. And so the far right are very animated about that and they're going to still turn out. So whether or not it's these guys or it's someone else, I don't think it's going to end the problem. But it's, uh, you know, anything that's going to kind of get in the way and slow down the activism of some of these key players is going to be important because... These are the guys that are creating the content that is being watched and viewed by the, the, the movement that are creating a lot of the anger and energy around this issue within the far right. So anything that kind of brings them back and kind of stops them being able to be as effective as they have been in the last year or so, I guess is welcome. But I don't think we should get too excited and think that, um, you know, people getting served injunctions means that this is going to end. There is enough of these people that if uh, Steve Laws can't make it to the front, someone else will. Yeah, that's that's. But this is. I feel, just feel like I'm I'm being like really dour and and saying everything's terrible. Maybe it's just in a bad mood. But yeah, I mean, it is good news. It is good news, but it's not going to be. Per it's not going to end the problem. I think you're. I think that's absolutely right. Yeah, this, that's just that's just important context. That's not you being a mis miserableist or anything. That's just you know yeah. important context for the thing. Did you it's, say uh, miserableist? By the way, miserableist. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a word. Um, I'm pretty I'm... sure it is. Joe's the author. Uh, Joe, is it a word? I don't know. I mean, it, um, it's, it sounds like, yeah, I should get that on my gravestone if it is. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, let's, let's move to the last couple of stories. Uh, so it's the England game last weekend uh, or Friday. And the issue of uh, players taking the knee, uh, I mean, nothing and no one is safe from this government's culture war. And, you know, Pretty Patel, she's spoken about the fact that you know, fans are right to boo or they shouldn't, they shouldn't be afraid to boo or whatever it was that she said. Pretty discreet, you know, absolutely disgraceful stuff. And there were two embarrassingly low, uh, two embarrassing demonstrations with very, very, very low turnouts at Wembley from a couple of far right groups. One was patriotic alternative. That's right, Joe. And the other one was some chump that we mentioned on the podcast a, <laughs> a couple of episodes back. What's what happened down in, down at Wembley? Yeah. So, well, what happened down Wembley was England won for the first time in the opening match of the group stages in, such a, in a very long game, time. It was such um, England, England is always boring, but if we win another couple of games, then the excitement will start to build. It's but, yeah, coming it's, home. It's coming, it's coming home. home. Of course it is. Yeah, I've already got the tattoo. I just think yeah. this <laughs> comes off. Um, well, I, I but, got England in the, in the office sweepstakes, so I've suddenly become very invested in this tournament. So jealous. So oh. jealous. I got Austria, which I'm I, I got Germany. about. I got Germany, that's, which I'll take. So, yeah, um, that's pretty good. Actually, yeah. 
But um, yeah, so what, what happened? I mean, the, the never ending story of taking the knee. I mean, maybe it's the miserablest in me, but um, the, the whole thing about the taking the knee, I mean, I can argue it either way in the sense that, you know, I'm, I'm, I think it's great in many ways, but of course, taking the knee is not going to solve the problem. And, and I'm not sure symbols are going to be the, the way we deal with all this. But all of that said, um, the far right hates the idea that people are taking the knee. For them, it is kind of archetypal of the kind of Marxist takeover of the public space and um, have been jumping up and down. And as you said, like Pretty Patel's kind of said, people should boo. And, and obviously people should not be booing this. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a symbol about equality. And the narrative being pushed by the far right around this is that it's not about equality. It's about pushing Marxism and it's about pushing Black Lives Matter, which is all about the destruction of the family unit, etc. So there was um, a patriotic alternative, never want to miss an opportunity, popped down with a banner, just with a few activists. I mean, almost comically, how, how far before the match that they were down there so that they didn't bump into anyone. Um, and so they took a picture and shared it around saying, you know, uh, kind of, it was again, it was about not taking the knee. Um, and then on uh, the uh, later on, Danny, the guy that we mentioned a few weeks ago on the podcast, who's a big listener of the pod, um, he organized a kind of anti taking the knee demonstration outside really, really small numbers. I mean, I think it was maybe 10 people. Uh, there was a few people down there, Zach Walton and a few others, but, but really the numbers were pretty small. Um, they had a banner, they kind of stood outside, they waved a few flags and no one really took, you know, they, no one really took a huge amount of notice, but it is just another example. You know, I mean, there was the, while there was only a few people that bothered to turn out for it, you know, lots of this content was being put on things like Tommy Robinson's telegram channel. So it was being quite widely discussed and talked about. And um, there was actually a really cringe thing where lots of these kind of people on Tommy Robinson's Telegram channel were filming themselves booing their television when people took the knee. And then saying like, no to Marxism and boo Marxism. And it was, um, it was like, it made me cringe so much I had to jump behind my sofa. But um, yeah, so this was a big thing. And this has been a big issue for a long time in the far right. And it's going to continue to be. I mean, Paul Joseph Watson... Uh, the kind of YouTuber, the alt-light YouTuber, he made a big video about saying that you should go and boo. So it is part of this culture war thing, as you mentioned, Nick. It's about seeing that, you know, and, and this disingenuous argument that we should keep politics out of sport, um, which, you know, none of these people actually genuinely believe. They just disagree with the politics that are currently in sport. Uh, I mean, it should be welcome, you know. I mean, actually, if you look at the England game, one of the good things was that, you know, most of the crowd did cheer this time around. So... Uh, and I think that's in large part because of Southgate's amazing article he wrote last week, which if people haven't read, I'd, I'd really recommend. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible article. Definitely agree with that. Um, I suppose partly with Patriotic Alternative, I mean, they've always said that their thing is they'll do a stunt like this and then the left will lose their mind about it on Twitter. And then they've kind of, you know, people have sort of signal boosted it accidentally. That's, is that still the line that they take? I mean, is that, is that, what they've, is that the line they've gone with for this one? Yeah, I mean, I think they just thought they would cause outrage, right? And actually, um, they didn't push it a huge amount themselves, and it hasn't had a huge amount of pickup. I mean, I think um, partly because, obviously, the big debate has been about people in the stadiums, and, and that's been the focus of this has been a much bigger debate than the far right. You know, this has been about should the team do it? This has been in major national newspapers. So less people are looking to what patriotic alternative happened to think about this. I mean, PA have actually been quite busy this week. I mean, they had a few people down in London for that demo, but they've also been leafleting up in Livingston and Falkirk in Scotland. And they, uh, they had a kind of a very small number of people out in Cornwall as well. So they've actually been leafleting as well. So they are very active in this week. But that, I mean, for them, I think, I think they thought there'd be more pushback against their banner drop than there was. Almost no one's kind of talked about it. Well, look, let's, let's end on a, uh, on a happy note. Roxy, 
there's been some some really lovely community uh, work going on up in Batley and Spen. Could you just give us a little a little summary of what's been what's been going on? Sure, sure. Well, um, we've spoken about the football and our glorious win on Sunday, which I am buzzing about. Um, so yeah, speaking of the football, we've been chatting to a local imam and priest up in Batley. And um, these two community leaders um, are also best pals and they watch the game together, um, which I love. <laughs> um, uh, so as well as watching... Uh, the glorious game together. They've also been doing a lot in the local area to bring the community together. And I think their friendship has been something really inspiring to a lot of people. Uh, it's really like set out a blueprint for what good interfaith relations looks like. You know, Batley and Spen is a really racially diverse area and that's something to be celebrated. And their friendship has been a real, um, uh, a real shining beacon of what of what that can look like so um yeah I think that's been really hopeful and um I think it's really I think when people talk about Batley and Spen as an area or as a constituency it can often be framed as this place that's really fractious and and, and wounded and you know of course um the area has its problems but it's also a place with a lot of love and a lot of fantastic people putting a lot of energy into making the place a uh, a, a better place for the, for the whole of the community. Um, and this weekend, there is the Great Get Together, um, which is being run by um, the Great Get Together and More in Common and the Joe Cox Foundation. And there's stuff happening all over the country, but also in Batley and Spen. So um, if our listeners are interested, you can go to their website and you can register your local events. And I would really encourage everyone to do that. And um, yeah, it's just been really, really beautiful to hear about all of the stuff that's happening in the area, despite all of the all of the horrible stuff that's going on as well. So um, just wanted to leave it on a nice note for the yeah, end of episode six. That's great. And also keep your eyes on our social media feeds because um, uh, Roxy's sticking stuff up there all the time. Um, oh, all the time. All the time. All the so time. There's going to be lots more, uh, lots more hope, lovely, hopey stuff coming out um, over the next few weeks. So that's the end of episode six. Um, another very, very busy show. We'll be back next week. Um, massive thanks to Joe and Roxy and to everybody for listening. Please do share the sh share the show link, uh, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. Joe and Roxy, thank you so much. Thanks thank you, comrade. Thanks very much, pal. And uh, speak to you next week. Speak See to you both very soon. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Radio 43. Make sure you're subscribed and check back next week for another intelligence briefing. If you've got any questions for Joe, Nick or myself, or you'd just like to drop us a line, please send an email to our producer at jake at hopenothate.org.uk. And if you like what we do and you want to support our work, please head to our website www.hopenothate.org.uk and join our Hope Action Fund for less than one hour's wage a month. With your support, we will continue to shine a light on and disrupt the activities of the far right. Cheers.